Welcome to the 34 for 34 podcast, a podcast for and by supporters of David Kim for Congress in California's 34th District. I'm your host, Jerry Wan, and I invite you to join us every episode where we talk to David, the candidate himself, and those on his team, those who support, and those who have endorsed him on his way to becoming the next congressman for California's 34th. To learn more about David, visit him at davidkim2020.com or David Kim for Congress on Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. And here now is today's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of 34 for 34, a podcast for and by supporters of David Kim for the 34th Congressional District here in not so sunny, but smoky Southern California. Today, I am really excited to uh, be joined uh, by a former a colleague, I guess we can say, um, somebody that ran against David in their primaries here in California back in March, and now she is an avid and very vocal supporter of David. Uh, brings me much pleasure to welcome Francis Yasmin Multiwala to the show. Hi, Francis. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jerry. Great to be here. Uh, let's learn about you a little bit. Um, tell us about your background, and before we talk about your support of David, um, what got you into politics and crazy enough to run for the 34th? Ah, yes, yes. Um, I have been a political organizer for, I had been 11 years for uh, prior when I decided to throw my hat in the ring and give it a a shot. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago to a Peruvian mother and Pakistani father, grew up with German-American cousins and just kind of grew up um, American (laughs) in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, the same hometown as Hillary Clinton. And so, you know, I think we all have a very interesting American story. Um, And I studied political science thinking um, I might want to get involved in that. But after spending a semester in D.C. and not really seeing where I could impact and where I fit in there, um, I went towards art. It was also the George W. Bush years and the war in Iraq was happening. And it was like really baffling that we could be led into such a uh, disaster based on lies and the American public could go right along with it. And it was, you know, absurd. Um, so I became, you know, I became apathetic during that period. Uh, there's a day uh, when millions of people marched around the world um, February 15th, 2003. There's actually a documentary coming out about it called, um, oh, what's it do? so I'll, I'll find that by the end of this <laughs> podcast. But um, um, that was the low point of my apathy. And I started to kind of uh, come back slowly from a feeling of powerlessness and that I mm. couldn't change anything. Um, just kind of randomly, I'm kind of the person, kind of person who just follows the universe. Um, and when opportunities arise, if it feels right, I go for it. Um, and I actually, you know, I had not anticipated leaving my work at Peace Action. Um, now I should say Peace Action is the offspring of the old sane freeze movement. So it's a group that began in 1957 on the issue of nuclear disarmament Mm. and has been, really working for and advocating for a just foreign policy. Um, I should, you know, just make 
clarify peace action. Uh, everything I say here is just me speaking as a person, um, not as a, a representative of peace action. Um, but I'm happy to be able to be here and talk about this this race, and because uh, it is, it's really, you know, Congress people are making decisions about our foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And while many Americans don't have the luxury to have extra time to think about um, every ounce of bit of foreign policy and what's happening around the world, uh, we know that it is important. And actually, you know, many people in California's 34th district uh, care about U.S. foreign policy because it's our families, it's our relatives, it's it's, uh, it's our cousins and uh, aunties and uncles who didn't come to America. Um, and I think the district is, um, you know, uniquely one of the one an incredible, diverse, one of the most amazing. I mean, I would say the most amazing district in the entire country. Um, uh, I basically decided to run for Congress and leave Peace Action because I saw that Representative Jimmy Gomez, who I voted for and thought would be really progressive was only being kind of progressive. Uh, He was clearly not speaking about some issues. And the more I started to look at his, well, his finances and FEC Mm -hmm. reports and just looking through the the data and contributions that are coming and where they're coming from and what interests those people have, you know, I've kind of put two and two together as many of us have and have said, you know what, I don't think politicians who, whether however much they talk about campaign finance reform, they're not in a place to just really do it. And, and many are being influenced. So I felt like someone had to challenge Jimmy Gomez. I didn't know David Kim was running until mm. uh, weeks after I decided to do it. And he the same. And I'm, I'm glad both of us ran. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly glad I didn't win, uh, to be totally honest, because uh, <laughs> candidates have a hell of a time usually. But right now to be campaigning in a pandemic is just it's you know what it is. It's an opportunity for change uh, because right now the system is all in chaos. And but it's challenging and it needs a, a team of amazing love people coming together. And, you know, I didn't have that uh, team come together on my campaign the way that David did. And I will say mm-hmm. that I've seen his campaign grow and grow and grow. And the people that I keep meeting uh, are all just a, a outstanding. They're all here for the right reason. They understand what's at stake. They understand that good enough is not good enough anymore. And they understand that, you know, we can't, we can't wait anymore. Like this, we need real robust climate change. And that means having a representative that has no oil money, uh, that is not even beholden to certain, uh, union interests who aren't willing to give up fossil fuels quick enough in the way that clearly it's already too late. (laughs) So, um, so I'm excited about David's campaign. Um, I've gotten a chance since March 3rd to get to know him personally. I'm really excited about how excited he is about making an impact on foreign policy on on all the different areas of it because he understands how connected it all is and how 
rooted is rooted it is uh, in the, why our co communities are so underserved and underfunded is because over 50% of our discretionary tax dollars gets straight sucked into the uh, military industry, uh, the, the, the Pentagon budget, the military budget. Um, we are paying a lot of contractors who we outsource to who get really <laughs> large salaries, larger salaries than our, our government workers do. And so we've privatized, obviously, our war machine. And um, I'm excited about the growing momentum in Congress towards uh, uh, changing that. Uh, the House has voted to end the authorizations for the use of military force, and uh, it's got to go through the Senate. There's a lot of uh, just momentum there. And um, yeah, I see some big changes, especially um, Congress needs to advocate real loudly for the peace in the Korean Peninsula. There's a resolution uh, that calls for uh, Congress saying that we want to pursue that the peace talks that were supposed to come at the uh, armistice with with North and South Korea uh, that never happened. Uh, there's a resolution uh, to support that Jimmy Gomez hasn't s signed on to yet. Uh, so it's things like that where he's uh, he's just not going uh, as there's still room for a better, more better representation for the people on so many different uh, areas. I can hear the passion, right? I can hear your, your determination to uh, really do what's right in your opinion for the community, um, which has also been evidenced by the fact that even though you lost head to head with him, now you not only have publicly virtuous support, but you've organized meetings to get your um, old supporters and your people who voted for you to rally around David. Yeah, one clarification. Um, I was not head to head with uh, David because there were uh, several, several others, and um, and well, and and I think a reason it's important. Um, well, two things I want to mention. Uh, during the primary, we had three queer people of color running, challenging Jimmy Gomez. And that was really, really outstanding. One of those candidates, uh, uh, sorry, early in the primary. Um, then actually we had two more women jump in, uh, another person of color and uh, who actually has an incredible story of how she's um, she's felt a lot of the problems that we need to address firsthand in, as far as uh, poverty and homeless, houselessness, homelessness. And uh, so it was conversations were happening in that primary that you never hear, you know, often. And, and that's the amazing thing about this district and like even the top two jungle primary system here in California, this is a, supposed to be an opportunity for discussion and debate amongst candidates and for the party to continue to evolve and progress. And, and that's, and it's one reason that I think the DCCC's decision to blacklist uh, consultants who work with Democrats who are challenging other Democrats was so ludicrous and hypocritical. Um, it's just, it's just absurd uh, because here in California, we're supposed to be challenging each other. We're supposed to be uh, evolving as a party and not being, not even just like, 
supporting the incumbents, but like there's a lot of politicking that happens behind the scenes. I tell people now that I've run, I'm, I'm more cynical than ever, but I am also more hopeful than ever, but I've realized how much like, um, I guess kind of nepotism and like just people are just in with a, 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 a this certain kind of, a, you know, they, <laughs> the word establishment, I hate that word because people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is establishment? It could be anything. But I, there's certain uh, ways that I've seen people with power kind of literally not be willing to talk to others and just not engage even in is just wild. I don't know. So when, when some politicians are really kind of, you just try to have a real conversation with them, they're really closed off. They, many politicians just stick to their talking points. They don't go off script. Uh, I think it's one reason that it's super important for people to get involved in elections. You know, there's so, so many ways to get involved in elections people don't realize. Uh, there's something called bird dogging, where you go to any event that you can find that the candidate is going to be at and you just get get them to you know introduce yourself and ask them a question and get it on camera and you may be able to make news uh because mm-hmm. they say something interesting that could be good i mean like hopefully it's positive you know um, you get them to commit to support something um so you know, there's also, of course, people don't realize social media, we spend so much time on it, but make sure you're following David Kim on all platforms and, and every, uh, you know, maybe scheduled just five minutes a day to hop onto his thing and just re- comment, retweet. And, so wait, sorry, there's a, there's a, there's a pattern everyone should make sure they follow. It's comment on a tweet, then retweet it with comment. And that is how one helps amplify most the Twitter <laughs> traction. <laughs> uh, so some of that stuff, what's crazy as a candidate, I would say it's really freaking hard to launch a campaign. turns out it's like starting a small business. And if you're not ready for that and you don't have the kind of money, it's, there's a reason that <laughs> takes a lot of money. And there's a reason that David Kim keeps asking for you to pitch in. Um, there's a reason that every candidate does, as, as frustrating as it is to get so many cries, uh, you know, emails calling for another contribution, especially at a time when people are suffering economically, many people, um, and people need to realize, and I've seen this in David's campaign too, um, he knows that everyone's struggling. That's why he's running. Uh, he's a renter. He's, uh, you know, an immigration lawyer who's helping some of the most vulnerable people in our uh, communities. And his campaign really is people powered, unlike Representative Gomez, which is backed by just, you know, a lot of really, really big donors Um, and follow the money. Um, I had one major challenge. One reason (laughs) I I jumped into this race is because Jimmy Gomez is silent about Palestinian rights and our district is one of the most progressive, badass uh, solidarity working uh, class districts in the entire country, and and it's a it's not there's no reason Jimmy has to be cozying up to APAC in a in a time in a district like this, but you know, but he is, <laughs> and uh, so you know, and he seems to be also you know. So I mentioned certain issues that he's silent on. I mean, payday lenders, um, and. We got 
defense contractors, pharmaceutical companies. I already mentioned fossil fuels. So anyway, but, you know, this is the thing. Um, I knew that running um, was a first step um, and it, the journey is the destination. So I, you know, know that I made change through the, just even the process of running. It changed my life. I met so many people. I had so many interactions that I will, I've learned from and will never forget. Um, oh, I did want to mention that the rest of our us candidates got 48% of the vote. Mm. Jimmy Gomez only got 52% of the vote. And a lot of people think that I was crazy for running because everyone there's this perception that he's, you know, he's a powerful guy. He's very popular. He is progressive enough. And like his wife is the chief of staff of uh, Eric Garcetti. So there's a lot of, there's, a lot of, I don't know, just power there. <laughs> first time that I met David Kim was at the uh, primary debate held by um, our revolution. Um, And David gave me a book by Dr. King, a book by Marianne Williamson. um, And, and I think a book by Andrew Yang. uh, uh, Yang. So that was just, um, you know, one, I guess another uh, thing I'll say about David, why I like him. He's, He's thoughtful. He actually reads. He's uh, clearly um, working. He's doing this. He's not running out of ego. He's running out of a a sheer determination to be of service to his community. And I'm really excited to see it. And I think many, (laughs) the district is going to be excited uh, to... um, experience what it would be like to have a representative who's open to listening to them, whose door is open, who um, is going to get all sides of an issue and not take the easy route towards uh, um, sausage making in Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I I think, you know, um, especially when it comes to candidates, it's really hard or difficult um, to get different perspectives of that person, particularly from somebody who ran alongside him um, <clears throat> and, and still has been involved uh, in, in the race um, as, as a supporter. Um, I want to thank you for making the time here um, and in, really encouraged by your your passion and your um, very specific instructions on how to retweet mm-hmm. to show support for David, <laughs> whether whether you're able to support financially or not. Um, as we always say, there are a multitude of free ways that you can support, um, even from your own computer or your smartphone, uh, to help spread the word because you don't know who's going to see it. And that person that might see it from your network might be able to make a contribution or to uh, volunteer themselves to do that. So uh, yeah, 100%. Um, make your own, t- make a TikTok about David Kim. Um, and then um, also think about uh, doing a, hosting your own virtual fundraiser for David. Hmm. Um, and even, you know, if you can get a bunch of your friends to commit to being there, um, you know, the campaign can arrange a, a, a gathering. Um, reach out to the campaign. Um, right now there are virtual volunteer opportunities. 
volunteering is not as scary as it may seem. It's super fun. You end up uh, meeting cool people and um, getting to be part get of, of the win. Um, so it's a great way to spend just a little bit of extra time that you may have uh, making some of those voter calls or postcard writing. I imagine, I don't want to say everything, but contact the campaign um, or go to the website. I'm sure there's uh, a volunteer sign up. Awesome. Again, thank you so much uh, for your time, Francis. And we wish you health and safety during these crazy times. Um, as we record this today, I don't know when you'll hear it. Uh, we're 50 days away from the election. So uh, however you can, whatever you think you need to do or what you can do to help. Um, and whether it is with David's campaign or not, uh, make sure to get involved. Make sure you are signed up and uh, make vote, sure you vote, register vote. to vote and, and yeah. vote early if you can. Um, safely, of course. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. And I want to thank you again for making time for us today. Thank you, Jerry. It was great to be here. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of 34 for 34. To learn more about David's campaign and find out how you can get involved in the campaign, visit him online at davidkim2020.com or find him on Instagram at davidkimforcongress. This has been your host, Jerry Wan. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to vote.